Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to the Lifestyle Lecture Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald. Here to help you look, feel and perform better with our strict diet. And today I interviewed Killian McKay from my third ever in-person podcast. Absolutely cracking episode. So, so pumped after it. It was really, really enjoyable to record. So Killian speaks about everything about how to build non-negotiable habits into your routine. Interesting perspective. Why you should suffer. First thing in the morning to start your day off right. Kelly speaks about the dangers of seeking too much balance and why sometimes we do need to just have more of an unsustainable approach to get sustainable long-term results. We speak about common mistakes that people make in the gym and we even talk about why so many people regain the weight after a dieting phase. So this episode was particularly heavy on the mindset but also on the training on the nutrition side. We have so many takeaways for all of our listeners here. And we even reference and quote some of our favorite books if you're someone who likes to read and you're into personal development. So if you do get value from the show, the only thing I'll ask is please make sure that you are subscribed on whatever platform you're listening, whether that's Apple, whether that's Spotify, because podcasts of all platforms are the slowest to grow and subscribers, people that even good reviews, five-star reviews, it really does make a big, big difference. If you do get value from the show, I posted the link to Killian's Instagram and also my Instagram. It's at Matt Lifestyle Fitness and MC Lifestyle Fitness. But without further ado, hope you enjoy this week's episode of the Lifestyle Lifter Show with Killian McCann. Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Literature Show. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Killian McMahon for my second ever in-person podcast. So Killian, first of all, welcome to the Lifestyle Literature Show. Good to have you here. I appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Killian, for all of my listeners out there, share something about yourself that most people do not know. What a way to start the show. Let's see, let's see. Um, I'm a friend. Oh, no yeah, way. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that about me. I'm a twin, and he is in the army, and I do coaching. So we're very opposite, but we're also best mates. So. Oh, deadly. Yeah. Deadly. Yeah. Okay. You, you're a twin. Interesting. Interesting. And tell me this, old Kenny. Share a bit about yourself, about your backstory, what, how you actually got into fitness in the first place. Yeah, for me, I suppose it started, like, when I was a kid, we would have always been quite active, um, very sporting, my parents as well, like my mom, she does a lot of life coaching, reflexology and things like that. So um, I think that's where it initially probably came from that kind of background environment being at home. It was always it, like it implemented in, in the, the home setting. So um, always took an interest in sport and then went on to do it in college, grew up, uh, went to Sligo IT, initially wanted to actually do physiotherapy. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and just didn't get the point. So I was like, right, go to IT Sligo, they do a kind of an entry level course. Yes, in and then went down a different path and really took an interest in nutrition and got my degree with University of Ulster and got a master's in sport nutrition and took it from there. Really. Just took from there, brilliant. And so, what's your degree in nutrition? Did your goal to become a registered dietitian or did you just know you wanted to do something in this field without? Yeah, it was kind of a funny thing. Um, my course was a level seven yeah. for health science, and I was like, I want to get a level eight. Yeah, of course. You yeah. know, so um, in the nutrition course, they they could get me straight into the final year, um, and that coupled with having a really like big passion with nutrition, I was like, that makes the most sense, and it was allowing me to. So I was doing uh, working on the gym floor as well at the same time, so I was trying to do that, 
down in Sligo was traveling up to Derry to do the nutrition course full time. Um, and it was just a year of chaos. But well, yeah. man, I can relate. I worked two jobs. I used to be a primary school teacher, taught during the day, PT during the evening. But you know what? A lot of people can relate to this in some way. Maybe not in the fitness industry where if you're working long hours, stressful, bringing the work home with them. What advice would you give to anyone who's in that bracket? Because I'm sure your days were about 14 to 16 hours at times there. It's chaotic, yeah. I think like two things. If you really want to get out of the current situation and become that new version of yourself or work towards that goal, you, you have to put in the working hours, you have to put in the commitment and the work because that's what's going to get you from A to B. But the biggest thing for me, uh, I just got an Excel sheet and I had it from like six in the morning till 11 at night in half hour increments and they just filled. I just filled all the boxes with what I had to do exactly. Wow, man. Yeah. <laughs> that age, that's very, very detailed. It's yeah. something I started doing recently, but uh, keeping a time diary, in what way then did that help you it was just I, I knew what like everything where everything was meant to be at what time yeah. and it just helped me to plan everything in because it was you know you obviously had to study for college you had to yes. work your clients yeah. programming and then I had to make time for friends and family and my other half so it was just it allowed me to schedule it all in and I literally treated everything like an appointment but it just it, it, it was just that organization um, and like I'm very kind of driven in that I'm very data orientated oh, you know so it just yeah. made sense and it kept the overwhelm of faith yes it was very important for 100%. me 100 um, and I just knew okay that's the task I had to do at that time and then that's the task I had to do at that time and so on deadly yeah it's um it's an eye-opener when you do like we always speak as coaches about doing food diaries are so important but time diaries god did I spend that amount of time <laughs> scrolling or where did the day go but it's actually a good way what did you learn from doing the time diary? Was there any area you were over or under prioritizing as a result? I think with the time diary, you learn that you have a lot more hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so I think, like, when I actually opened my eyes to it, because I initially, I, and I do this with all my clients, I tell them to do some sort of a diary out or a schedule and put in the non-negotiables like work mm. or, you know, with the kids or take them up or whatever, maybe the, the non-negotiables, they have to go in first. And then what you'll find is that there's actually pockets of time yeah. that you're just allocating to, let's say, Netflix or, you know, going on your phone. And they're the little pockets of time, which I'll encourage my clients to say, hey, get out for a 20-minute walk. Or why don't you prep up some of the veg for the next two or three days? And, you know, it was just them little time pockets is what I call them that compounded the great results. 100%. 100%. So how did you get out of the rat race of just... Being in college while also coaching, while also minding your own mental health. What was that transition like for you? I learned the hard way. <laughs> so what happened was um there was a lot of stress, obviously, and I was just yeah. very focused on trying to get everything sorted. And I ended up putting on, I, I would have been averaging around maybe 75 kilo. Yeah. Um, and I tipped the scales up 96 kilo. Um over what period of time? Over like an eight or nine month period. It was yeah. that final year in college. Yeah. Um, and I just got so stressed. Sleep was just really bad. Um heart rate was through the roof, blood pressure was through the roof. Um, and then I got COVID and had a load of complications from it afterwards. So with a load of issues, say with my well, potential issues with my my kidney, and it actually it was all okay in the end. But I was fully convinced that it was the my immune system was so low from all that stress. Wow. Yeah, that that it just took me such a a long period of time to actually recover from everything, and that was the tipping point for me where I was like, right, 
stress is a sign of the kid or not. Oh. It's the one that I'm definitely, have you read um, Peter Atiyah's book out there? No, he speaks about stress as well. And it's just an eye opener. It's like you can be training five times a week in the gym, counting the calories, my fitness plan, everything on point. But if you're chronically stressed continuously, like some elements of stress that we know is good, and you go through, go do a workout, that's stressful in the body, but you recover and you adapt. But when it's continuous and, and when you're ne never like just getting out of that fight or flight, yeah. that can promote the storage of visceral fat, which is that stubborn fat that we find there to get rid of. And it's just powerful. Yeah. What if what were some or what are some ways in kidding for you that you that you use to reduce stress? Because I think stress is something a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. For sure, for sure. My first one is actually, um, I kind of like categorize into things, but for me, I have a like a six one method. It's kind of how yeah. I approach. Interesting. It. Yeah, it's so Monday to Saturday is my six day where you know I'm pretty much on the ball, working quite hard towards my personal goals, the, the business goals, whatever it may be, and then my Sunday is my four and hour, my rest and recovery. So I take the day out to do things I like to do, things I like to enjoy. Nice. Um, and I just try to switch off it with that regard and maybe in the evening time do a little bit of journaling, a little bit of planning because planning helps me to feel at bay and say, okay, I know what I need to do. So yeah. there's no real overwhelm. So that's one method. Um, another method for me is, is finding a hobby that allows me to completely switch off. Definitely. Yeah. So, and it's, not the, it's not the gym. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, for me, it was actually surfing. Wow. Yeah, surfing. So, I would have been living in Saigo for years prior to the yeah over here and uh you know some great ways out to Saigo. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So surfing was a big one and I could sit out there no matter what weather it was, whether it was a great surfer swell or not, and just tune out it was great. Absolutely. I think regardless with stress, there's a lot of power in just being outside in nature. So grounded. It's so great in the water. I'll tell you, yeah. the great thing about like as difficult and all as it is, what it teaches you is just being present. Yeah, you're not thinking about anything else when you're in freaking such sea cold water and mm. you're you know you're at minus three, minus four. So that's that's really interesting. But going back to the stress, Killian, mm. because you obviously gained you know a decent amount of weight over a relatively short period of time, I assume. Was food used as some element of a, of a coping mechanism there and just a bit of a stress eater? It, you know, it wasn't. I wasn't actually a, a stress eater. My problem was I was a convenient eater. Okay. I was eating on the go. And it was just getting to the point where I was like, right, throw an oven pizza into yeah. the, in the oven. And then in terms of my own personal goals, I was just like, oh, do I want to like, go on a gaming phase or whatever? And then I was just sure. like, Use just find it as an excuse, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't necessarily like I wouldn't necessarily stress eating as such, although that is a big and that was an element of it, yeah. yeah, for sure. It was more just throw whatever's in the fridge and buy all the oven based foods because sure you just throw it into the into the oven, you know. So that was where a lot of it came about as such. How did you get out of that cycle? It do you know what it was actually it was sitting in the doctor's office and like we were going through these issues with with my kidney at the time and trying to figure out what what was the issue and she took my blood pressure and it was like 150 over 110 or something, something ridiculous like yeah and she was like Gillian we need to put like <laughs> are you okay <laughs> yeah. yeah and I had to convince her not to let me walk out with a 24 hour monitor yeah and I, that's when I just sat there and I was thinking 
you're at the time I was just 24, I think, and I was like, you're 24 years of age. You have to go to all these appointments, yeah. get all these scans, your blood pressure through the roof. Yeah. You're 24. Yeah. Not 77. Sure. You know, and that was yeah. that realization for me. Wow. Why do we, because I think everyone was saying, everyone comes to a point where they just, they have that ah moment, that epiphany moment that they need to change. But for some reason, the way we're wired, we always seem to like leave it until the utmost that the, what a, a bad or a negative outcome happens when we just realize, okay, I got to change. Yeah, for sure. Why, why were you not, and this just being more so curious and analyzing, how come you weren't not proactive in your? What do you mean I've been proactive as in? Potentially taking action that bit early. That bit early. I, I think it was, I got so engulfed and so focused on the end goal. Sure. And for me, that was to graduate and get the business. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think I just got so absorbed in it that nothing else matters. You know, yes. tunnel gotcha. vision. Tunnel vision, yeah. yeah. To be fair, balance, you, there's periods of life where we go through balance. But sometimes when you want to do something that is unconventional, you've got to be in balance. Yeah, for sure. Even with fat loss. Yes. Big oh. time. So what are your thoughts on just a balanced approach versus maybe a more rigid approach, Kevin? It's, it, it will ultimately, I'll always say it will ultimately depend on the client, but I always say, well, something has to give. Yeah. You can have a balanced approach by all means, keep it sustainable, but there has to be some, some level of discipline and consistency there. I think there's a there's a great quote where it's you know tough times create hard people hard people create good times and good times create soft people I love and soft people create hard and it's always this cycle and I think right now we're in a generation with social media that we've created very good easily accessible times which has created a lot of soft people convenience convenience yeah, yeah. Yes. and I think there's you probably know as well if you look through social media there's this sort of message where people are like you can eat anything, you can have this, you can do that, still drop 10 pounds of body fat or 20 pounds of body fat. And I get it. It's it's a good introduction. It gets catches people's attention and then they talk about the topic at hand and give like gracious. But it's also now justifying to a lot of people out there that, hey, I can have this, I can have that, I can go out every weekend and I'm going to expect to drop 10 pounds or three pounds a week, <laughs> yeah. or, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's the problem that we have at the moment is trying to show people that you know you do have to put a little bit more work into it there's going to be times where you might have to say no to the drinks out or no to that meal out you know of course it has to be balanced for sure but there has to be a little bit of discipline there that you know and god forbid some people they're so balanced the wrong way that god forbid you try to go a bit more the other way and actually freaking be a bit more sustainable i agree man and the hard thing with this is, particularly when there's alcohol involved, mm -hmm. as you know yourself, it's very hard to get away with a meal out with some alcohol. Yeah. I'm keeping that like someone with 2,000 calorie diet. God, you're not going to be having much alcohol or much food <laughs> to enjoy that event. Yeah. I think people underestimate what are your thoughts on this? The amount of calories actually that you could potentially consume in a night out yeah. and the next day. Yeah, for sure. And do you know what the interesting thing is? And I was actually thinking about this the other day. People think 
that the drinks are the actual issue themselves. So I'll have people come to me and say, you know, oh, we went out for food and I got starter mains and a, a dessert, but I only had two drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, I'm like, okay, if you had, say, a gin and a Sprite or a gin yeah. and tonic, 80 to 100 calories. Yeah. Two drinks is 200 calories. One dessert, a big slice of cake, could be up on 800 calories. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a game changer. You know, and people think because they only have the two drinks that they've managed the night out really well. And I'm like, no, you need to look at the food a little bit more. Yeah. And hone in yeah. on that. I'd probably rather someone have four or five drinks, but skip a starter or share a starter and get their mains and not get the dessert. You know? Absolutely. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. It's a hard one too though, because I don't drink that often. When you do, it is a case, man, that it just it fuels your appetite. And then you're lying the thought as well. Yeah. You just start thinking stupid shit that you normally don't think about and it can drive it to bad decisions. So I think a, an important point or something that really had me just make a decision before that I'm not going to get a takeaway. Yeah. Going to have my drink. Let the night out be the night out. God, don't let it spit over the next day. We've all been there Friday morning after a couple of drinks the next day. And you actually do more damage the following day than the night out. Sure, sure. I an interesting thing with that is, um, I always tell my clients set yourself standards. Yeah. Standards that your future better self would yeah. uphold it. And a standard I always tell them to do is never miss twice. So if you go out and you have the drink before you have the takeaway, and you hit you do the dog on it, don't do it the next day. Yeah. Never miss twice. Deadly. You know. Deadly. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you read the book? Tommy Cabot's by James Clear. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. Something like, because I know his analogy is don't break the chain, but it's so true. It is so true. It's okay for something to happen once, but try not to let it happen twice, no. Because a lot of this with fitness, I feel, is built in momentum. And when you have the momentum, when you go in the right direction, it's easier to keep going. But then when you break the chain, as you said, just don't let that come back. Sure, and it, that's the thing, and, and James Clear talks about that in that book, is that to form a habit, you need to do something more than twice. Yeah. And the body won't recognize what a good or bad habit is. Sure. You know, so if you go and you drink twice or you eat out two or three times, you're starting to form the habit, albeit good or bad. So it, it's a case of don't let it happen twice because then you're not going to let the habit form. So that's kind of the, the thought process behind it there. So what are some of the ways then that you've had a culture clients to build in better habits? We, we're all about the one percenters, the yeah. compound effect. Have you read that book? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I haven't read the book, but I'm, I'm aware of the, I'm, I'm aware of the, deli- or the dynamic of it. For sure. So it, Darren Hardy talks all about the one percenters and how they compounded the great results. And again, you look at like this whole fat loss analogy at the moment, say with social media and stuff, people are being promised abs and the best body in under 12 weeks and they might even have you know the simplest habits in place of hey then that's how you track your nutrition or this is how you weigh out foods so instead of trying to get from a to z in just one step focus on getting from a to b b to c c to d and so on and so on and if you can set out simple targets simple habits and i always say to people make them like overly achievable yeah you know overly realistic you know um if you're if you're a target if you're sitting at four thousand cents and your targets get the magic 10k right i tell someone okay instead of saying i'm going to go from four thousand to ten thousand by tomorrow go from four thousand to four thousand five hundred and if you hit that 
Mm. The fuck. Yeah. And so on and so on. And that compounds then, you know. Absolutely. So what would you say then? I really like that effect, Killian. What would you say are some daily non-negotiable habits that, you know, most people listen to this podcast probably work 40 hours a week, want to be fitter, want to be leaner, want to be healthier, but they don't want to step up and say, what would you say are some daily habits that everyone, I don't like using the word should, but if you could recommend, what would they be? For me, there's there's two, three big ones that I'll always tell people to look at. The first one is include a source of protein and a piece of food or a piece of veg with every single meal. Like that has yeah. to be, Amen. you know, and if someone turns around and says, I don't like veg, <laughs> what are you, two years of age? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like the benefits, on, like, <laughs> yeah. the benefits outweigh the, 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 the negatives, you know, so... Like that's the first one for me is you, you need to get your diet on point. Yeah. Protein, bit of fruit and veg every three to four hours. Get that regularly, you know, um, and that's going to solve a lot of your issues without even looking at the kind of dinner, you know. Um, the next thing what I just say to people is get up a little bit more throughout the day. For a lot of us, like what we're doing right now is we sit like this yes. for six, seven, eight hours and then we drive home another half hour and then we sit down again what's in Netflix <laughs> like our time spent sitting yeah. down is chaotic and if you can just make a little bit more of an effort even if that's going onto your phone and saying remind me to get up and walk around the office every hour on the hour the difference that's going to make to your activity level going there. back to that one percent one percent all the time um so they, they be two non-negotiables my last one then is get four to five activity sessions yeah and I classify an activity session as 27 minutes and that's not a lot you know, like, I mean, I often tell clients about if they've tried them at home or if they go to the gym, kill two birds with one stone. Like, watch a Netflix series on the treadmill, you know, or on the spin bike. Deadly. Because you're going to be absorbed in whatever exactly. it is, you know, black yeah. hair or whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the Kardashians, you know. <laughs> yeah, deadly. Man, I, I love that effect. Or even something as simple as if you just take a lot of work calls or you typically respond to your email or WhatsApp. Why not just do it while you're walking? Yeah. As you said, you're killing two birds at once. So I bet you do that as well. Oh, amen, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's how I structure my day though. It's like I like to I do get the 10k in. Yeah. Like that's just so you you speak about targets. Everyone has different targets. And for me, that's a that's a realistic and achievable one for me. But I'll do that, I'll pair that with an activity. Following a friend, calling a family member, why not do it while you're walking? Yeah. You know, or you have some emails to take care of. Yeah. Do it after your workout on the treadmill. It's been five or ten minutes. It is that compounded effect for sure. Um, I think something you touched on there though, which I really, really love, is make the barrier of entry so easy. Yeah. And in James Clear's book, which we spoke about before, he mentioned the story of the guy who lost over a hundred pounds inside nine months. Yeah. And instead of doing one thirty-minute workout a week, yeah. he just asked him to do six five-minute workouts. Yeah. Now, did he build a lot of muscle in those five minutes? Probably not. But what did he do? He mastered, as you said, the art of showing up, building consistency, building into the lifestyle. Kidding, there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like that's I use that tactic or tactic tactic from the book with my clients today. Yeah. They're struggling. They're like, I can't get a workout in. Cool, do five minutes, and they're like, but that's nothing. And you're like, exactly. And if you can do five minutes, we can bring yeah, six, <laughs> add up to seven, add up to eight. So. It is that, like you said, breaking that barrier of entry, but make that entry level so easy yeah. that you're going to pass with flying colors. Yeah. And that's the problem 
so many people go into their fat loss phase, cold turkey, 20,000 steps, five sessions in a week, when they haven't even done one 20 minute session in a month, never mind a week, (laughs) you know? So don't set the bar so high, build up to that level. Yeah, that's what I would say. What if, what if from the other end though, there's someone who fed off, which I don't like the phrase, fed off the wagon, but now they have an event or they have something and they're a bit time constrained. Would you recommend a similar approach or does it need to be, do we need to encounter that element of, of time and factor that? Yeah, like it's a hard one. It is a difficult one. Yeah. If I get somebody who comes to me and they're like, I need to do X amount in 10 weeks because I'm going on holiday, for instance, yeah. or whatever. Uh, but is the key word here. I have this on this weekend, that on next weekend, yeah. that on next weekend. <laughs> I genuinely do turn Take around. Your Take your battles. Take your Choose your battles, I say. Um, and I'll always say to them, we've got to have an element of, yeah. of realism here. And, you know, if you want to achieve that, you can attend the events, you can enjoy them, but you're going to have to choose when you're going to have a few drinks and when you're going to be the designated driver. That sort of approach. So most people don't like it because it's not what they want to hear. They want to hear, yeah, no worries. We'll get you shredded beach ball abs <laughs> in 10 weeks and you can still go out every night. Let's call it space, but you have to choose your buttons and be a bit smarter. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what would you say so are some of the most common challenges that people or even that your clients might encounter before they see someone else? For me, like a lot of my clients will be very busy, job orientated, always on the go. So there could be a lot of like time wine and dines. There could be traveling is a big one for a lot yeah. of my clients so it's trying to fit and and create an approach that's going to work for them but help keep them on track yeah so that's something that we would work on quite a lot with is find out their patterns their routines their schedules in advance and we essentially create up a like a plan b so when the client knows they're going away they implement that plan straight away but yeah. it's also having the, the conversation with them at the start that Look, you need to follow this plan. Yeah. Because if you go off track, you are not going to get the risk. Yeah. And I think that's, you have to, you have to lay down the expectations. For sure. Yeah. And I just, I think you probably know yourself, like with some coaches, it's, it's like, yeah, we can get to that result no matter what. And, you know, that, that builds the client up thinking, great, I can still continue my old behavioral patterns and habits and get the results. And it's, it's not that simple. But if you do want those results, it's just, you really got to delay the time frame. For sure. And like something, something I spoke of before in the podcast is, look, Killing, you know yourself, being in a calorie deficit, is hard. Like, like you're, you're, you're not giving your body enough fuel that it needs or that it wants. So my goal when I'm in a deficit is, I want to get out of that as quickly and sustainably as possible. Yeah. And I feel for some people, if they actually just commit, block out 12 weeks, block out 16 weeks, yeah. maybe have a weekend or two here and there where, okay, you go back to maintenance. Yeah. But I feel sometimes people get frustrated because they try the too much of the balanced approach. Yeah. And they'll never actually fully commit. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree with this. And I'm like you, I love food. So yeah, get yeah. in and get out of that phase, you know? And I think because I saw you, you, you shredded down for a photo shoot. I was like, <laughs> when I saw your jawline, you can just tell, you can even see your people in the gym. I was like, that poor guy, he is going through a freaking 
he's probably on 1500 1600 calories so yeah you can tell you can tell when you're in the, yeah. the deep end of the dive face for sure and like <laughs> you know like most people aren't going to get to that level yeah you know what I mean? for sure well i completely agree with you like get in and stop treating the fat loss phase as your forever phase yeah and that's what people do there and this is where that element of oh i'm going to balance this out and that out and just endure a little bit of hard time or a little bit of hardship for that you know that long-term gain yes and i'll always i I always use a mortgage analogy and well number one you can never get a mortgage married (laughs) the moment the way things are going but typically what they look for in a mortgage is the last six months of your bank accounts yeah and that needs to be you know you need to be showing you're saving your amounts you know and you'll always see like say first time buyers couples like the first time couple buying house they track all their their expenditure yeah um or spend like their their expense expenses they'll take that crisis so they'll stop the nights out or they'll stop the, the stupid buying of things for the six months because the trade-off is if we do this now and endure this little bit of hardship we get the house for our dreams yeah for the rest of our life and that's what i tell people endure a little bit of hardship oh, amen. a little bit of sacrifice you know and then reap the rewards on the yeah. you know. As you said, though, it's so freaking easy nowadays to be soft. I even see it in myself. It's like we're addicted to immediacy. You don't want to read the book. Well, Audible has a 15-minute summary, so you don't even need to read it. You don't want to do your shopping. Today, InstaShop, deliver straight to the door, <laughs> arrive back home to the gym, eight bags of food outside the front door there. All I have to do is unpack it. It's never been easier. Yeah. But one thing, as you said, you can't hire someone to do your push-ups. And that's the hard thing with fitness. It's like you have the food, you benefit now, but you, you don't feel good later on. Have the cigarettes, have the alcohol, temporary relief. Whereas with push-ups, you're not going to see your chest chiseled. Yeah. You're not going to get the six-pack now, but down the line. Down the line is crazy. For sure. For sure. And I think that's it was quite an interesting thing. I was, I was reading up on this as well. Uh, and it's one thing I was talking about to my clients is first thing in the morning do something that's going to make you suffer yeah and I know that sounds a bit messed up right but, I like it <laughs> but it's bear with me right <laughs> and I think this is where you get a lot of people who come and you've probably seen the cold water I, I was about to say ice <laughs> ice bath yeah. everyone gets into them and I can actually see why they do it yeah because if it's the first thing you do that hardship of especially over in Ireland yeah yeah it's already freezing yeah. cold and you're getting into this ice bucket for two, three, four minutes. Everything else for the rest, the rest of the day gets easier. Gets easier, or it's going to be a lot easier. Or if there's something that does, that does come up, you say, "Hey, I got into an ice bath at six o'clock this morning. I can do this task." Yeah, you know, so a little bit of suffering really just going. It's on the there. Mark Twain quote: "Eat a frog first thing in the morning; the rest of the day gets easier." And if you have two frogs to eat, eat the biggest one first. <laughs> yeah. What um, what's your version of that? So good. Uh, but actually, eat the frog. <laughs> yeah, eat the frog is the, the quote that we always yeah, say. Yeah. But I do. I like the, the, the actual quote that I'm saying now to people is, is "suffer daily." Yeah. It's a bit kind of attention grabbing. Because people, like, why are you telling me to suffer daily? You know, but suffer first thing in the morning and do that daily. Yeah. Because you will reap the rewards from it. And what's your version of that in your routine? For me, it's it's. I get up quite early in the morning, but I try to get up even a half hour earlier than what I need to be up at. What time is that? For me, it's getting down to six now. So that's still, it's, it's, it's yeah. Like, yeah. And 
I always try to get minimum 4,000 steps done every single day before I do anything else. Yeah. So it's getting up early, go out and do those steps. Whatever the weather is, go up and go and do it. And yeah. Look, people might be looking at me like, well, you're out by 30 degrees of that time. Yes. Oh. Be- just catch yourself now. Before you say it must be nice, like, it's still got to fit into your lifestyle. That, that triggers me. Go ahead. Sorry, Kenny. No, no, of course. And it, that was my lifestyle before yeah. I got over here. Yeah. So even when I was living in my mom's house or my dad's house 100%. and it was raining, the jacket came on. 100%. There's no such thing as bad weather. It's bad clothes, yeah. you know, and it's that case of do a little bit of suffering in the morning, do something hard, yeah. get up, start your day the right way, and then everything comes up touch easier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's so much power in that morning walk. It's, I don't know. It's probably my favorite part of the day. Like, I just love, I love sunrise. We have that morning coffee. Not immediately after waking, but just being outdoors, you just say, uh, you get a new perspective. And, and tell me this, Killian, you're, you're obviously, you're really into like self-development, personal development, exercise, nutrition. Do you do any form of like mindfulness, meditation? Yes, I always use like journaling. Yeah, the in terms of journaling, I wouldn't do it daily. That wouldn't be my thing. Yeah, I do kind of two things, and it goes back to that or and or on a Sunday. That for me, sitting down, grabbing a coffee, getting into a bit of a like a flow state. Yeah. So I'll enjoy the coffee first. I usually go to like a busy area to so people watch mm. and just yeah yeah yeah. Out. Um, and that's when I do the journaling, like, and I assess the week. You know what went good, yeah. what went bad worried about things how can i improve the situation setting out some targets for the week and um, and then a daily thing for me is i don't do affirmations i hate the word affirmations yeah i do declarations so there's a key difference and i think in affirmation you go back to that that soft mentality is like oh i affirm to myself that today is going to be a good day or you know i'm going to be a positive person or whatever it may be you're putting out a bit of a, a wishy-washy statement you're putting out these words like i hope I want yeah and yeah that's where a declaration comes into place it's like it's not I hope or I want I am I will and for me it's if if it's a fitness goal I pretend I've already hit that goal like I am 10 pounds lighter yeah that's it's a declaration it's not a you know a, an affirmation or creating your shoulds for most yeah 100% deadly deadly the two. yeah deadly deadly man this has been this has been really really insightful so far and just maybe go back to training, go back to nutrition, Killian. If we were to kind of tie this back, what would you say are, even if you just speak more about strength side, what are, what are some of the most common mistakes that you see people make maybe in the gym? I think just going in and not really knowing what they're doing. And I think it's that that there's an element of self-consciousness as well. Yeah. That, like, yeah. you know. You can be intimidated. For sure. And yeah. you can go into the gym now. Like, I know pot calling kettle black but there's tripods everywhere yeah, you know? yeah yeah it's it is one of those things that you have to kind of navigate through and yeah it's quite intimidating so and i think people are nearly afraid to reach out but you kind of you go back to that situation of if you had money problems what would you do you'd get a financial advice to help you and advise with your finances or if you wanted to learn spanish what would you do? you'd get spanish lessons so if you're not confident in the gym and you don't know what you need to do, what should you do? Yeah. Go get a PT, hire a coach, you know? You can pay in money or you can pay in time. For sure. Yeah. And like that's not a that's not me promoting myself or you yeah, not, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And yeah, you can even go in and just ask the local PT there, look, show me some basic exercises. Show me how I can create 
simple structure. Yeah. And I know you say this a lot on your, your content about people don't need to follow a bodybuilding split. Yeah. You're right. Like 90% of the population need to just do a few exercises, like a, a hip and a yeah. push and pull core movement, yeah. some sort of a lateral movement. That's going to complement the light. So not a, oh, let's go 8 to 10 or 8 to 12 rep range. Like, if it's your goal, yeah, of course. But for most people, they just want to drop a few pounds yeah. and, feel and look a bit better. Yeah. 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 And I would say that's probably the single, the biggest one. On top of probably rotating exercises too, too frequently. So either not having a plan and not knowing what you're doing, or just checking out your phone and Instagram and deciding there and then what you're going to train. As you said, if you want to get better at Spanish, you have to practice it. Yeah. Just like in the gym, if you want to get better at squats, you have to freaking squat. Like sometimes, we, we, we try to overcomplicate some of it. It's actually not that difficult when you, when you break it down. For sure. For sure. It's like, what's Chris Bumstead doing? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it is that. And I think that's, I was actually only saying that to a client of mine. We had just, he was, he just came on board. We'd spent about four weeks nailing down some basic movements, some movement patterns. And all of a sudden he's like, can we change the workouts up? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I said to him, I was like, "You just nailed this down. What happens if I give you a completely new split? Yeah, you're going to go back to spending a few weeks trying to learn these new yeah. movements, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So it is. It's nailing down. It's a hard balance. It is. It is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um, nailing down something that works, do it again. Yeah. Yeah. You see, I guess for for the likes of us, Kevin, it was actually so on my morning walk today. I was planning out some content which I like to do. And one of them was like, how often should you change up your workout split? Yeah. And it's a hard one because before you start talking about the best plan of paper, as you know yourself, adherence and sustainability is the most important thing. So it's kind of like as coaches, we have a hard job to fit away. We want to get our clients the best possible results, but we also want them to enjoy the gym as well. Yeah, for sure. So it's 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 no hard rule. I typically like to go four to six weeks, but when you rotate, as you know, well, this is how I operate. If you're rotating, I'll I'll limit the amount of rotation for the compounds. As you were saying, your squat, your bench, your deadlift, like you might do different variations of those. But then to be fair, if you want to do a dumbbell bicep curl or a cable bicep curl. It's not going to make much of an impact. No, for sure. So it's 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 a hard one. Yeah. Do you ever get that as well? I'm sure with your clients you mentioned. Yeah, for sure. I think <laughs> we're the same. You know, it, it depends on the, the client that you get in. Like the the client who just wants to move a little bit more, yeah. drop a few pounds, four to six weeks. Yeah. Change yeah, yeah. a few things up. Yeah. Great. If someone's coming in and like, look, I only want to grow my arms, I want to grow my chest, whatever it may be, then you have to get a little bit more specific. Yeah. You know, so. I think you have to let it complement your life as well. And this is the communication between the coach and clients is for sure essential. Yeah. You know, and um, like if you have a client following a plan for six weeks and they are just not enjoying it, but yeah. you're insisting because this you know, is how I do things. Yeah. The iron fist. Yeah. You yeah. know, or this is the, the guidelines prescribed for optimal hypertrophy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like Susan or Sandra or Tom or Dave don't care about the guidelines you know what i mean they, they just, just want to look better naked yeah exactly <laughs> or they just want to move for 45 yeah. minutes you know yeah. so when you're dealing with that level or that population rotations yeah well, you know yeah it's it's a hard like when i did my bodybuilding and when i was working with my coach 
I'm pretty sure it was the same product with the four or twelve weeks, but it was working. Yeah. And sometimes people like they almost like, am I doing something wrong? Yeah. Like when you're not lower my calories at the morning, like Michael, you're losing weight, you're losing 0.5, 0. 0.6 We don't need to change anything, you just need to keep it going. So yeah. it is that hard balance. It is for sure. And I think it's funny when, when I get a client. We like sometimes that. look for problems that, that aren't <laughs> even there. Like and I actually had a client, Sean, and he just smashes it and he so consistent and at the end of one of his check he's like we need to be doing anything else am i doing something wrong yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, don't change anything yeah. you know i'm like people that i coach who i don't have like the, the, the people that i don't have to coach the most are the people that get the best results yeah they just need that touching point they just need that check and that accountability yeah. yeah but everything else stays the same and if it stays yeah. the same it's a good thing do you know what i think it is and i'm I'm not sure what you I think a lot of it just because I need this myself reassurance. Yeah. Like just uh reassurance that you're on the right path. Yeah. Like one of my one of my clients messaged me yesterday and for the first time and he's he's been dropping maybe 0.5.6 kilos a week, which is a nice amount of work. For the first time, two two consistent weeks, scale doesn't change. One week it's like, yeah, we'll we'll reassess the next week, two weeks, okay. Might run into a bit of a plateau. That's a lower his calories slightly. And he just said the first four days he found challenges. Yeah. Is this normal? And I was like, oh Michael, anytime my calories change, I'm sure you're the same for the photo shoot for it for the show. Man, those first few days are tough. Yeah, there. So it's just being aware and understanding that is part of the process too. Sure, for sure. And it, it is, and that's why you need to do the small changes. Well, yes, you know? yeah. Coming into and out of the dieting phase, probably more importantly, coming out of it. Oh man! You know, like that rebound, that potential rebound to just blow all those results. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Yeah, for talk sure. to us about that because your body is so receptive to extra food, extra calories. When you are in that extreme dieting phase, yeah. how do you manage that? How do you coach your clients through that? That I always say, like that's where you actually need to be the most more disciplined, yeah, disciplined and supportive yeah. to your client because that's it's nearly a, a mental thing that I've now finished the dieting phase. I can automatically go back to eating everything I want, and you can't, like you said, there you're so yeah. much more receptive and like your granin levels are extremely yes. high, leptin yeah. is extremely low. Like you have to really coach the person through it, and I always say I build them up even three or four. Like it's all about reframing it so three or four weeks before client is finishing up i will have them nearly mentally drilled into their heads yeah. that we have three or four important weeks coming up after that take a few days off mm. enjoy the foods yeah but there's three or four weeks where i need you to be more disciplined yeah. absolutely and the trade-off goes back to the mortgage man yeah if you build the calories up you could hold and maintain the results you've got yeah more flexibility more calories but if you go on a rampage for a week or two, you, you're going to do all, do all your uh, work. Man, that is, this is, it's not talked about enough. Um, I even spoke to a guy recently getting married and he wants obviously getting good shape for it. But I was just telling him, we don't want to be in a deficit like two weeks or even a week before the week of the wedding. Because when you think about it, Imagine you're in a dieting phase, you're in a calorie deficit, and then all of a sudden your calories triple yeah. or quadruple in the space of a very short period of time. I encountered this myself after my bodybuilding show. One off-plan meal that evening, right? I went to a buffet, man, there was dessert, there was 
uh, three or four plates of food with just once. The next day, then eating out, but it was like sweet potato, it was grilled steak, it was all good foods. Tuesday, back home, following the diet, went on the scales for the first time the following Friday, the show being a Sunday. Yeah, four kilograms <laughs> from one off plan, like just one off plan meal, eating foods I wasn't accustomed to. Like, it was even a new level of eye-opening thing for me to like well yeah i need to scale things back then. yeah for sure and that's the danger it is and i think that that's an important part as well like when you've got to be very mindful and understand the weighing scale as well yeah. because to you you probably know right replenishing like yes or yeah. just sheer food volume stress even and yeah stress and salt yeah. you know sodium absorption but let's say you have tom who's done 12 weeks and he doesn't know anything about weighing scales yeah. and he's up four feet up and he's like oh my god that's four kilo of fat what am i going to do yeah. so understanding that that isn't just pure body fat exactly it's an important concept yes you know absolutely yeah absolutely and then i feel a lot of people go two ways with this it's like i've already gained four kilos i may as well gain another four <laughs> <laughs> where the number for domino is the industry so it, it's it's just not having that order of the time for sure i think it, it, it just to finish it on there Adrian is Mark Manson, you know, he says a lot about the worst thing under the sun could happen to you, something that you never want to happen. And instead of moping about it or going into that self-sabotage mode of, like, if that's happened, I'm going to get actually double down this. You have to draw the line and accept responsibility. So when something like that happens, or if I have a client who overeats for two days in a row, whatever it is, I'll always say to them, okay, firstly, say how much you enjoyed the event, create that good mentality around food. Yeah, for sure. And then secondly, now draw the line. Say, okay, I've had the fun time. I enjoyed myself. I overindulged. It was great. But now I accept the responsibility that I overindulged. And now I need to get up on You know, and that's an important concept. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That reframing. Kidding me, man. This has been awesome. It's been awesome, man. Before we wrap it up, kidding me, we always like to do a final fight, rapid fire. So good. If you don't mind kidding, um, when you hear the word successful, who is the first person that comes to mind? Alex Ferguson. <laughs> you didn't even think he's about my it. idol <laughs> god man it's hard to believe 10 years you know 10 years since he retired uh what is one you have that you've implemented the last year one habit yeah and um, sleep getting a sleep routine one hour before i go to bed so for me it's well i limit my caffeine quite a lot now 10 hours a week before yeah but it's it's getting to do like blocking glasses on trying to limit technology doubling down on, you know, zinc, magnesium intake, Sword. serotonin rich foods, because sleep is the mecca for health, I think. Amen, brother. Amen. I really like that. Um, what What's one thing that you believe that most people think is crazy? You do need to suffer a bit of your own results. I think a lot of people, like, that mentality of there has to be discipline, consistency, yeah. and a bit of suffering. People don't like to hear that. Yeah. Tell them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. Exactly. <laughs> um, if you could give your younger self some advice, Killian, before he started, what would you say? What would you, what would you tell Killian McMahon five years ago? Five years ago, I would have told them, don't always be so hard on yourself. I think younger Killian was always like, be satisfied but never proud of yourself. And it's a case of no, be proud of what you've achieved, but keep the hunger there. But you know what I mean? So it's a, it, that's a hard balance, man. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Being being satisfied, but yet being driven. Yeah, I like it. 
I like it. Okay, what's one question? Final question. What is one question you wish people asked you more? Oh, um, you've got me there. I was able to tell them. <laughs> one question I'd like people to ask me more about. Um, I don't know. I, one question. Well, what my name is. People always call me Dean or Connor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I even had a client for a few weeks and it was like, hey, Connor. I'm like, no. Yeah, that's a pet peeve, bro. Yeah, yeah. Killian, Matt, Mally. Okay. Killian, Matt, Mally. Okay. Killian, Matt, Mally. Okay. Okay. Killian, Matt, Mally. 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 Okay. Killian, for sure. Um, I'm on TikTok, your usual Facebook, Instagram, um, at CMC Fitness, so CMCC Fitness. Perfect. Killian, I'll post that link in the show notes for your IG, everyone, if you want to check out. Definitely give them a follow. Cheers. Drop them a follow. Cheers. And Killian, because this is the lifestyle of your show, what is your definition of living a successful lifestyle? It's a balance of good work ethic, good health, good relationships, and open communication Leave it there, that. <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you. Killian McKay. Thank you, awesome. that's it. So, <laughs> thanks so much for having me on. It's been amazing, bro. Appreciate it.